0: So, friends, I'm so excited about today's episode because today we're talking about how to find a mentor to help you in your career. Our guest for today's episode is my friend, Kelsey Chapman. Kelsey is an author, a podcaster, and a personal cheerleader to women as they're building their dream life and business. She has a new book out called What They Taught Me, finding the mentor who will take you from dream to done. And that's why she's the perfect person to talk to us about this. You're going to walk away from this episode with practical advice for how to find a professional mentor without it feeling so awkward or intimidating. You'll also learn why finding a mentor is seriously one of the best decisions you could possibly make if you want to grow in your career or steward your gifts well. But before we dive in, friends, if you are a small group leader or really a leader of any kind of group of women at church, in your sorority, at work, I have a resource in my shop that I would love to share with you. It's my Friendship Small Group Guide, a six-week guide designed to help your group get to know each other, become each other's people. Now, this isn't a Bible study, but it's my favorite way to begin one because it helps create that foundation of trust and friendship that will take your small group, your team, your friendships, and even your studying of God's Word to a deeper, more meaningful level. To learn more about the Small Group Guide, just go to stephaniemaywilson.com friendship, and that link will be in our show notes as well. I can't wait to tell you more about it. Alright, friends. With that said, let's jump into today's episode. Here's my conversation with Kelsey. Okay, friends. I'm super excited for who I have here on the show with me today. I'm sitting across from my friend Kelsey Chapman, and Kelsey, it is like uh, high time we had you on the show. I can't believe it's taken us this long. Welcome to Girls Night. It is so fun to be here. I love a girls' night, and it is fun to get to do this together. Finally, after all these years. I know. I know. It's so good. Well, Okay. So for women who haven't met you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself? So I'm Kelsey.
1: Um, by day, I do digital marketing. By night, I write. <laughs> and a fun fact about me is, you know, for all of my fun Enneagram 7, let's all be free and have an adventure vibes, I am equally assertive and confrontational, which is quite shocking to everybody, but my close friends (laughs) and then my (laughs) close friends are like, yes, she's aggressive. (laughs) And so that is something that I'm trying to let people know all sides of me now so that
0: they're not surprised. (laughs) That's amazing. I think it's, um, when you said that, like people see all sides of you, that's I think for a long time, like, I'm kind of the same way in terms of, like, I like to be happy and joyful and, like, don't want to, like, don't want to sit in hard emotions or be sad or, yeah, like, find myself in conflict But that's something I've been trying to embrace a little bit more, too, is like, hey, sad emotions aren't actually negative emotions. They may not be quite as fun to experience as positive ones, but they're not a bad thing. And they're actually a really good thing in a lot of circumstances. And then also, like, there's a time and a place for confrontation or for, like, hard feedback or for setting boundaries. And so that's totally something I've been For someone who like wants to keep the peace all the time, I'm a two, not a nine, but uh, for someone who wants like everyone to just be good all the time, I'm working on like being able to say hard things and, and set boundaries and things like that. So anyway, I'm I'm with you. Totally. Oh, well, boundaries
1: are a whole nother thing for me that I really didn't learn until about a year ago, but, (laughs) but I will say, you know, I've wondered like, why am I so confrontational more so than your average Enneagram seven. And I think it's because ultimately there's more fun and freedom on the other side. If we just say it like, let's just get past the hard thing so that we can get back to the good stuff. Let's just handle it and get it out of the way. And so I just, you know, if someone is limiting my joy because of how they're acting towards me, or especially if there's an underdog who won't speak up for themselves, I will just, say it, you know, we're not going to do this anymore. (laughs) Uh, I remember my last day job. It was, it was really bad. We all quit in one day, like five of us. And my coworker who now works with me wouldn't speak up. She was really sick from the job. And I finally said in a meeting, you can't speak to us like this. And that's like total subordination. But (laughs) I just was like, I'm not getting paid enough for you to speak to me like this all day, every day. This is insane. And when I tell that story, my friends are like, I would never say that to a boss. And I'm like, I will. I was miserable.
0: (laughs) and so That is totally like, that is like a piece of myself that's like starting to grow is, and it comes up every once in a while. Usually when I'm sticking up for someone, it's like, I kind of start to shake and I like, And then I say it and it's like, it's happened before where Carl's sitting next to me and he kind of like grabs my knee because he knows (laughs) that what I'm doing is so like not in my normal wheelhouse. There's an episode, are you an Office fan?
1: Yes, but not like diehard familiar with it. Like I might not recognize the show.
0: Okay, okay. Um, (laughs) So there's an episode and maybe people listening will know this, but there's an episode where uh, Pam starts like growing a backbone and uh, (laughs) there's a, She's doing an interview at one point, and she goes, uh, "Old Pammy's getting what she wants," and then she goes, "And don't call me Pammy." <laughs> uh, and so, Carl and I say that all the time, "Don't call me Pammy." Like when I'm like learning to say the thing that I need to say, and so anyway, yeah. that's so that's so funny. <laughs> So Kelsey, you just came out with a new book and I'm so excited for you. It's beautiful. I got my copy actually like two days ago. I got my package from you. I'm so excited about it. And it's called What They Taught Me. And I would love to hear like, how did, why did you write this book? Tell us about the book and like the, the backstory of it.
1: Yeah, well, You know, from as far back as I can remember, like I was the kid who wanted to sit at the adults table. Like I wanted to know what the adults were talking about. Like, what could they tell me that I could just go ahead and learn so I didn't have to learn it the long, hard way. (laughs) And so since I was a little girl, I just loved someone a few steps ahead of me, investing in me, telling me what they know. And I think, again, that can go back to my personality, too, of like, what's the most pain-free route? Like, tell me the fastest, best way there. So that Mm -hmm. I could just go ahead and live in bliss. Okay. (laughs) And so I, you know, always sought out people a few steps ahead of me to invest in me. And it was very casual, never like a formal mentorship. But I'd say my first formal mentor was my young life leader in high school. And I think from there, I really started recognizing the value of someone. They don't have to have it all figured out. Just someone a few steps ahead of you be willing to say, hey, I've been there too. I'll walk you through it. I might not have all the answers. And sometimes I might even give you a bad answer, but I'll be here every step of the way. And so, you know, my heart behind it is really just my life experience and my life message of like, we don't have to have it all figured out, but we'll go further together, way further than had we walked the road alone. And so as I sat down to write, I didn't expect to specifically write a book about mentorship, but one story after another kept flowing out of me with that overarching thing. And I was like, oh, and I have friends who would say, how do you have so many mentors? And I'm like, look, I'm nothing special. I just ask. And so I I think once story after story like that started flowing out of me, it just made sense to put it all under an overarching umbrella of how to find a mentor and then Hey, at some point, it's going to be your turn to be one, and here's how to take those steps. And that really is how it all came together.
0: I love that so much. I feel like I, I can relate to so many of the things you just said. I totally was a kid who wanted to sit at the adult table. I've always loved having, like, I've always sought out women who were ahead of me and just wanted to learn from them and and like have someone to walk with me through things because I've found the exact same thing. And really, that's been the heart of Girls Night the whole time has been that we get further, faster, and the journey is so much more fun when we do it together. And so uh, I love knowing that that's such a core part of your story. And um, I'm so grateful that you took the time to write it down because I know that actually finding a mentor is really nerve-wracking and can be really hard. But before we get into that, so. You know, we've talked about mentorship on the show before a few times, actually, because it is something that's so important to me. But today, because of your background in the other work that you do, I really wanted to hone in on what it, like how to find a professional mentor, because that I feel like can be one of the most intimidating things. Like in church or in communities or something, there's uh, oftentimes like something set up for you in that way. But when you're in your, your professional career, it's almost sort of this like every man for himself totally. idea. And so to ask someone who's ahead of you to help you get ahead almost seems like you're asking for something you're not really allowed to ask for. Totally. Um, and so that's why I wanted to ask you just a million questions about professional mentorship today. Why is that important though? Like, what can happen? What's possible when we have a professional mentor in our lives?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I really believe that having a mentor in any capacity helps you shortcut the distance to success in that area. So if I have a motherhood mentor, she's going to help me learn the lessons that took her 10 years to learn and boil it down into maybe a year. Awesome. And then I'll probably learn some 10 year lessons that I could distill into a year for someone a few steps behind me. And yeah. so any capacity that you're looking for a mentor, they can get, distill something that they learned the really long, hard way that may, maybe they didn't have support walking through and they can be your supporting role as you get through it. And so in my career. Oh my gosh, I've been doing what I do for about six years and I would not be anywhere near where I am today. I I certainly haven't arrived or, you know, achieved all of my goals or, you know, reached the pinnacle of success, but I wouldn't be where I am today without women who invested in themselves, learned the hard way, sometimes without a mentor themselves and then shared what they know with me like what a gift it's it's really been an example of true generosity for them to pass along stuff that they had to learn over decades to me mm-hmm. to learn in my 20s I'm 31 so what they've taught me has truly been in the last 6 years regarding my career and I'm so
0: grateful yeah yeah i would say the same thing like it's you know sometimes there's this idea that if we pass along the things that we've learned like we're giving something away that can't be replenished And that's, I've found that to be not just so not true with mentors or with people like ahead of me, people a step or two behind me, and then everyone to my, to my right and to my left, like there is so much more than enough to go around. And we really do get so much further when we do it together, Um, when we aren't competing against each other or, you know, trying to, yeah, when we're not competing against each other, but when we're helping each other, like everyone gets so much further. And I've gotten to see that over and over again. And it really is true generosity when when women do it for us and then we can do it for other people as well.
1: Well, and I'd love to hear your experience, but I found that when you're close handed, you also attract close-handed, stingy people. And when you're open-handed and when you're generous, you start to see really generous people around your table. And you're like, wow, not one of my friends is like closed off or closed-handed or kind of stingy with what they know. All my friends are generous. And I, I find that sometimes people will be like, wow, you have some of the kindest, most open, share everything they've got type of friends. And it's like, well, I think we all have created this culture of of reciprocal
0: generosity
1: and the more that you step into that the more you attract of it.
0: That I mean, I don't know if I've ever put that together. Like I don't know if I've ever recognized that pattern, but I would say the same thing. The the women around me are so wildly generous and it's 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 a let's put everything into the table and see what we can make together kind of thing instead of like well this part's mine. And I didn't, I totally didn't put together the fact that, you know, the more we are that way, the more people who are also that way, like we just sort of gravitate towards each other. Totally. And if you find
1: yourself in a professional community, since we're specifically speaking of professional mentors, where it's like, I'll give you the tip of the iceberg and sell you the rest, run, find you someone generous, you might need to pay for that mentor, but you can still find someone who is radically generous in a paid mentoring professional role.
0: Okay. I want to ask a lot more about paid mentorship in a minute here, but um, can you just tell us like about one or two, like just one of your professional mentors, I'd love to hear just kind of what this has looked like played out in your life.
1: Yes. I love them both so much. And I feel like I can't talk about one without the other, and they know each other. So it works. But Amber and Anne are two of my career mentors. And when I kind of especially got into this online business space, most of my businesses run online. I didn't know anyone in Burfreesboro, Tennessee, who did what I did. Most of the people I knew actually treated what I did like a hobby. And I was like, well, uh-huh. it's paying my mortgage. And so I needed someone who got it because you know, someone who owned a local brick and mortar might not know my unique experiences in my business and in my sector. And so first, I wanted someone who (laughs) had truly walked the road ahead of me. And then second, I wanted someone who shared my values. There are plenty of people who might tell me to work 60 hours a week, just grind, grind, grind. But I specifically saw professional mentors who are moms because I had a goal of one day being able to close work at two o'clock to get my kids from school and get them to soccer practice. Now I'm not against having help. I'll also probably have some help down the road, but I just wanted someone who was modeling, building a career in the same way I did. Do we have to be on the same exact page spiritually? No. Do we have to be on the same exact page in other areas of life? No, but our values of how, you know, motherhood might affect our career or how we spend our time that needed to be very aligned for me so that I could build what I actually wanted to build versus getting talked into or guided into building something I don't want to build. And Mm -hmm. so I found Amber and Ann early on and I was like, you girls are stuck with me. I don't need the shiniest new person who enters the scene because there's always going to be sparkly, new, shiny people in every industry, no matter what it is. I was like, I've got my ladies. I just want you to be a sounding board in my life and
0: I'll stick with you forever. Unless you Mm -hmm. think I'm a stage five player. and I'll back off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm so glad that you said that about like, do you need to be on the same page in every way? Because I think that a lot of times we look to one person to be our kind of our everything. Like they are our mentor in motherhood and in body image and in our faith and in the way that we like live our like adult sort of, you know, logistical house bills kind of life and our marriage and our like, you know, our dating life or whatever. But I think that like, you know, I've always thought of when when we talk about a support system, it's a system, it's a web of people who are there to help you with your life. and, And you need you need like people in different categories. And and it's a lot of pressure to think that someone would be good at all of those things. You're not supposed to be good at all of those things either. That's like, they're not all going to be your sweet spot. But so seeking out someone who you really admire their faith, you don't need to also be like, and your financial life is in perfect working order. Like I want to do every, like I want to run my, I don't know, bill pay system exactly the way that you do or, you know, something like that. They don't need to be great at logistics also. um, Or someone who's great at, you know, great in their career may not have the exact same kind of, they may not share your faith actually at all. And that's also like, but they have so much to offer in that one area of your life. And so I think that that's really a beautiful thing to gather people in different sectors who can offer you different things because one person isn't going to be able to offer you everything.
1: Totally. And I love I love the illustration of a web because that really makes so much sense visually. And I think too, like we're both married. We know our spouse doesn't complete us. I love my spouse. He's amazing. He's a fantastic partner. But we're not on the same exact page on every single thing in life. We don't interpret a piece of scripture this same exact way throughout the entire Bible sometimes. So how could another person who's not even your spouse complete you or be on the same page? on every single thing in life. Like that's a crazy expectation, but we do it all the time. Subconsciously, like I don't think any of us would be like, yes, I expect my mentor to be on the exact same page on every single thing in life ever. But sometimes at the heart of things, that is the expectation there. So I think being aware of it and saying, Oh, we might have some differences, but we can still be friends. I can still learn from them. I'll chew the meat, spit out the bones. If it doesn't really apply to me, I feel like that's like the country of so, saying.
0: Okay, I've never heard that before, but I actually really love it because it's like, <laughs> Oh, I know exactly what that means. That's super helpful.
1: <laughs> so country,
0: but it's <laughs> helpful. And so, you know, take what you need again. There's
1: probably not one single person on the planet that every single nugget of advice perfectly applies to me, but it's my responsibility because I'm a powerful person with agency to filter it and see what jibes with me, what thinks with Holy Spirit, you know, what's the right move for me? Only I am in charge of that.
0: Yeah. I think that's really good. You know, we are in a a really unique time in the world where there's it just feels like there's more to disagree about than ever. And I know that I've seen that play out when it comes to like um people you look up to, like authors or thought leaders or, you know, even like you know, celebrities or politicians or something. And you're looking at someone and and there's been a lot of like, well, this person no longer fits who I thought they were or fits me perfectly. And so I'm kind of tossing the baby out with the bathwater. Whereas, you know, even people who are totally on the opposite side of the spectrum from you in whatever the category may be, they still have so much to offer you. And so like a an author, a speaker, a you know, politician, a uh, celebrity, uh, whatever, whoever you're looking at, they don't need to be right in your, they don't need to be speaking your language in every single way in order to be telling you something that's really valuable. Totally.
1: And you can learn sometimes things like, oh, that's not going to be my method because it yields X, Y, and Z. If you're getting career advice from someone and you realize like, oh, that really cut into their family time. So I don't want to take that approach. It might not mean you throw out their entire guidance or mentorship, but like Cool, lesson learned. I don't want to take that approach. I see what it costs you. So you can learn from stuff you disagree on just as much as stuff you don't.
0: Yeah. Well, so Kelsey, how do we like, how do we find a a professional mentor? Does it need to be someone who's in our office? Should it not be someone who's in our office? Like, where do we like if we're kind of fishing, where's the pond?
1: Totally. I I would assess what your values are and find someone who shares those. Again, like what are the most important values as it pertains to your career? And then I would recommend someone in your industry, but it certainly doesn't have to be your office. And so I I always appreciate, you know, a voice who's truly walked the road I'm walking so that they know what I'm talking about. We all have jargon we use in our specific field that someone else might not get. And then you might be able to invite in another career mentor that also guides you, but maybe just not industry specific. Maybe it's more mindset and your approach to your career and that side of things. I've certainly had voices in my life professionally who don't know exactly what I do, but they can guide me through the mindset. And man, I can't seem to close my laptop at six. I'm addicted to my to-do list. Help me. That kind of thing. They don't need to know what I do to help me with that. <laughs> right. um, and then... The pond you're fishing in, I think it depends on what what industry you're in. Again, so if you're corporate, you're probably going to have some sort of something set up or a lo- local entrepreneur, not entrepreneurs, because that would be kind of your own business. But you know, if I think about it, I have friends who worked uh, who work at HCA, the uh, big medical employer in Nashville. And typically they have some sort of mentoring program set up through HCA. So it's probably not appropriate to pay someone in that setting because that's weird. You probably go to lunch and you have a lunch scheduled every two months. So kind of seeing what jives with your corporate track. Sometimes there's also local associations for young professionals. That's what I was looking for earlier. Like the Young Professionals Association in your community probably has some sort of mentoring set up to where, you know, a woman who has 20 years of experience might invest in you. Now, I just talked to Jenna Viviano, who is another Tennessee girl. And she specifically-
0: Jenna's been on the show. She's a dear friend of mine. Love her. Love and her. We'll link she, to her episodes.
1: She does? She does. Talk about paid corporate. I know it's non traditional to have a paid corporate mentor, but she might be worth looking into to figure out how to find someone to coach you in that corporate track. I'm more in the small business ministry side of things. And in the small business space, I've always found someone who kind of does what I do. And I started out paying for them for their coaching services. And sometimes your coach is not going to turn out to be a life mentor. I've had people coach me. Seasonally for six weeks, I learned what I needed to learn and then I moved on. But then Amber and Anne, I started out in that role. Then I chose to invest back into them as well. Like, hey, how can I serve you? How can I support you? Hey, I know social media really well, and that's the last thing you want to think about at the end of the day. I'll help you or your team with that. Let me serve you because of what you're investing in me. And I think because of my heart to give back, not just to take from them, they invested a bit more into me than average. And before you know it, we have a five-year friendship that they're walking with me through season after season through mountaintop moments and valleys. And so not every coach you work with is going to turn into a life mentor, but it might. And it's worth starting there. And I think, you know, ministry would be another example, finding someone. You know, when I wrote about Karen in midway through my book somewhere, and she I I was my husband was the evangelism pastor at a church and I was not thriving there. And I was like, I need someone to walk with me through how to show up here. If we're gonna be serving like four nights a week, I've got to feel known and seen and not silent. I need someone to to show me how to use my voice in this space. And Karen walked on the scene and I was like, that's my girl. I love her. We're getting coffee this weekend.
0: (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book. And while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies, and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. I'm so glad that you mentioned paying for a mentor because I think that like people listening might be like, wait, still what? Like paying for someone that doesn't, because I think while that's really normal in some spaces, it's totally something that I think a lot of us haven't thought of yet. And so can you give some examples of like, are you talking about like walking up to someone and saying, hey, like give you 20 bucks if you'll have coffee with me? Or how do we find a situation where we could like pay someone to be your mentor?
1: Yeah, I would only probably straight up pay them if they have it mapped out for you to learn from them and to get their guidance in a paid format. And so Amber and Anne, when I met them, they had a paid format, I actually joined one of their free program that I like applied to. And then from there, continued working with her. And so I joined something that had a paid outline. Now, if I found a career person that there was no format or program to pay them, I'd probably just take them to dinner and just show them that like, hey, I would love to honor your time. Can I buy you dinner and ask you a few questions? I think at the end of the day, ultimately, it's about honor. Now, if they're spending all their time mentoring to where they can't go work a day job to make money, then it might be time to pay them. So Amber and Ann, mentor for their living and without putting a dollar amount on that hour they're mentoring, they literally would spend all their hours in a day working for free away from their family mentoring with no income. And so that's why it's important to pay them. Now, again, in the corporate space, it might not be appropriate in your scenario to pay someone. But again, you can take them to lunch. You can go kind of through the hoops that's mapped out for you through a, a young professionals association or your your company and offer to pay for their lunch. Even if it's on the company's dime and you have a company card, you can pay it on. Like, it's just worth showing to the mentor you're looking to learn from, hey, I really appreciate what you're investing
0: in me. It's all about the honor. I I love that you use the word honor. And, you know, I'm thinking of a lot of people who, and and I want to ask about this in a minute, but like they're, I think a lot of the, the people that we would look to as someone who would, who we would want to mentor us, th- I think a lot of those people do have a lot of people looking at them as, uh, you know, potential mentors. And so because of that, a lot of those people have, you know, written books or put into get, put together a podcast or a course or um, some sort of coaching program. Or, you know, there are, I, I can think of women specifically who, who have offers on their website where they'll, they'll say, I would love to offer you a chance to, you know, pick my brain on whatever topic. And this is how much I charge for coaching an hour. And it may be kind of a new concept for some of us, if this is a new idea, to think of paying for that hour. But I'm so glad Mm. for the way that you explained it because it it, their time is really worth something. And when we think of it that way, or when we start looking for opportunities that way, that's a really incredible way to have some, to like, get in the door with some really incredible women because because a lot of them may not have time to just go grab coffee because they have so much going on in their lives, but you can get time with them. You just, there has to be sort of a transaction. They- totally. Well, like you could be a perfect example in this. If I wanted to learn
1: X, Y, Z from you, you have two four-month-old baby girls. So in order for me to get that hour from you to learn... Maybe this is not in a friendship capacity, but I'm strictly learning from you. You might need to hire a babysitter for that hour. So all of a sudden, if you hire a babysitter and then mentor me for free, you're like at a net negative. You're in the red. And so yeah. how long would that feel sustainable for you to do every day or every week for maybe 10 people who want you to mentor them for free and you're paying for a babysitter? That is it's it's really It puts it into perspective of like, oh, that's probably why I need to pay for someone because they are taking time. They're saying yes to me, which means they're saying no to that hour with their kids or with their family or to another part of their career. So I'm going to honor them by by making it worth it. Not that dollar signs are the only thing that make it worth it, but it sets you up to hire a babysitter for you to come totally charged up, excited versus like, oh, this is a drag
0: because it's costing me so much. I I love the way you explain that. Um, One other thing I would say is like, if you, there've been times where I've gotten coffee with someone, um, and this is just, you know, we all like... Converse differently, we all connect differently, we all um react differently when we're meeting someone new for the first time or someone who we've maybe kind of known online but haven't met in person yet um, but there have been times where I have met with girls to to grab coffee, which exactly like you said, I just can't really do in this season of my life, which is such a bummer, but there have been times where I've met with someone and we sit down and really thought about what they want to talk about uh they there have been times where like you know they'll ask me a question. And I'm like, I wrote a whole book about that, and they maybe knew that but didn't read it, or didn't even know that. But it's like right on my website, or like I've already kind of put something out there to help with this, and they, you know, didn't didn't take the time to check it out or or read it or um, take advantage of that resource. But then there have been other times where I've sat down with someone and they have already read the thing or they have they've, you know, taken advantage of all the things I've already put out there and they have a follow-up question. And it's such a thought, like there's such a difference between those times together. In one, I find myself feeling kind of like I'm repeating myself and kind of like, I wish that you would put some effort into this before I put effort into this. Like we, I wish we both would have put some effort in. Whereas with the person who actually already kind of did their homework or already took advantage of some things, I feel so honored by that. And and I love getting to tell, like our conversation is so much better and so much richer because like we already are like halfway into it. You know, we're, we've already made up so much ground um, by doing that work ahead of time. And so I, I would say that for anyone who you're going to meet with, take advantage of the things that they have out there for you already, any interviews they've done, any blog posts they've written, any articles, any books. Um, but also, even if there's someone who doesn't have, you know, a coaching offer or doesn't have, you know, who who doesn't have time to meet with you in this season of their life, there are some, there is just a wealth of knowledge out there in podcasts and books and blogs and, and you know, documentaries and all kinds. There's just so much out there that we can learn from, from people we want to learn from, Uh, even if we can't necessarily meet them in person.
1: Totally. And I love that illustration. I think it's like perfect because the reality is the second, the second illustration of the person who already read the book and came with a follow-up question, you're probably more energized to do it a second time and a third time versus the people who come with like, oh, I already have that content out in the world. And I did my homework as in coming, hiring a babysitter or arranging my husband or my in-laws to watch the kids. I wrote the book, which we all know is a labor a of love. Yes. <laughs> um, and so the person who came and read it and then had follow-up questions, you're like, wow, they're really invested and they, they care about honoring me
0: and my time. So I want to keep, I'm excited to do this mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. How do we, you know, when we do identify someone who, like if, if paid coaching isn't an option, because that's a that's a pretty simple transaction, which is why it's such a good one. But if that's not an option, if you're in a church setting or if you're, you're you know, your office doesn't have some sort of mentorship program, it's like you kind of need to initiate this. How do you get over the intimidation of reaching out to this busy, important person? awesome woman and asking for some of her time. And like, what do we specifically ask her for?
1: Yeah, I think, well, first, let me say finding a mentor can be a lot like dating and rejection is protection, even if they're an amazing person or it's redirection. And so sometimes you're going to ask someone and they're going to be like, I don't have capacity in this season you know, or I'm sorry, but no. And that is embarrassing, awkward. You feel stressed. you never want to ask again. Like we've been there. Just know that's normal. And as with dating, finding a mentor comes with putting yourself out there. It's vulnerable. And so just know, like if, if you feel all those feelings, it's normal. And if someone says, no, it's still normal. Like, it, it might be not about you at all. If they say no, it might be that they're so slammed and way overcommitted last season and paid the price for it that mm-hmm. they are saying no in this season so that they can maintain their mental health or whatever. Yep. <laughs> so, um, just know sometimes that no is truly not about them thinking you're awesome or recognizing you or thinking not, you know, it's not about them caring about you. It, it might be about, You know, protecting their own boundaries because they're maxed out. Mm -hmm. And then when asking, also similar to dating, you don't have to slap a huge label on it the first go around. You can just say, Hey, I really am looking to learn from women who have walked the road ahead of me. Can I take you to dinner and ask you a few questions or coffee? And just ask them on one date, not a big label of like, Will you be my life mentor? Because Mm -hmm. They might need to feel it out. They might get to coffee and realize, wow, it was so life-giving to pour out what I know to this girl who's, you know, 30, who wants to grow in her career. I didn't even realize how much I love that. But if they didn't get a chance to even realize how much they'd enjoy that, they might just say, oh, a life mentor. I'm stuck with you for 10 years. That's a lot. I can't make that commitment, (laughs) you know? So just go to one coffee date, then ask them on a second one. And then maybe after one or two, you realize, okay, this is someone I want to learn and grow from. I'm going to ask if we can meet on like a monthly basis, once a month. Probably no one has capacity to meet once a week. So I would just shift those expectations to like once a month, come with the questions you want. And And maybe you have coffee and realize, oh, we've done this a few times. I think I've got all my questions answered. I don't know if I want to learn from them long term. And you might have not, you know, gotten into a deal that you didn't want to be in because you jumped the gun. And so I think just starting simple and asking someone to coffee, getting to know them, making sure it's a match and then taking it naturally from there. It's such a dating illusion, which makes it illustration, which makes it sound a little weird, but I think it's helpful.
0: It makes so much sense. And I like that the when you're saying, can I take you to dinner and ask you a few questions? Take you to dinner is like, I'm going to honor your time. I recognize the fact that that you're doing me a favor. And so I'm going to meet you in that and like put some skin in the game. So like dinner's on me. And then ask you a few questions. I love the way of phrasing that. Like I think a lot of times we say something like pick your brain or uh, I, I think when you say ask me, I want to ask you a few questions my brain does a couple of things. It makes me think that you've really intentionally prepared for this. So you have done your homework. You have a couple questions in mind. It's not just like you sit down across the table and say, well, tell me something helpful for my life. You're like, I don't know anything about your life. Like, where do we start? You know, totally. Um, like they've done some, they've done some prep work. Uh, So it, it makes me feel like you're taking this seriously. Like you, you, value my time. But then also, I'm really like it it doesn't feel like you're asking for a ton because it's like it's not like, you know, let me take you to dinner and tell you my whole life story. You're like, "Okay, I might just need a quick nap before that because like, man, my plate feels full these days." So it, you're you're not like coming across with something that feels overwhelming. I'm also kind of intrigued about what those few questions are. Yeah, and like so, I want to know. Yeah, like what questions do you want to ask me? You have a few questions you want to ask me? Like totally. And, uh, so I, I think that that's like a really awesome proposition just saying it like that is an awesome proposition. And then, yeah, you have a good conversation because you've put in the time and the effort like that leads and guides your conversation. It'll go other places too. like, you know, dinners along, you know, dinners, at least an hour or something. And so, you know, it, you'll talk about other things, but that gives you a chance to get to know each other. it, it sets you up. It sets the the interaction up to go well. And that sets you up really well for a second date.
1: Yeah. And, and ask about them, you know, the pick your brain question I specifically wrote about that phrase in the book. And when someone says that to me, I'm not like offended, but I'm like, okay, there's a better way to say it. You know, when you invest in your mentor, even starting the conversation with, How are you? Thank you for your time. Like, I so appreciate your time with me today. Don't be weird about it, just casual and acknowledge that it took time that they said no to a friend or their family member or work or whatever to be with you and ask them how they are because it's lonely at the top. And sometimes your mentor, only has people looking to take from them, not to invest back into them. So with a few Mm -hmm. simple questions, you can just let them know, hey, as grateful as I am for you, shortcutting my process. I also want you to know I care about you. How are your kids? I know your kid was really going through this season at school. Are they doing okay? You know, I think that shows a mentor. You think about them as much as you expect them to think about you.
0: That's absolutely brilliant. I love that. you know, we talked a little bit about like, you know, time and, you know, not jumping the gun and saying, hey, do you want to be my life mentor right at the beginning? But what's realistic to expect from a mentor? I think specifically in terms of like helping you find a job or opening doors for you. I think sometimes we might ask for a little too much or we might um, find ourselves disappointed if we're, if we identify someone who we're like, you know, this person works at, Apple or something like that's amazing. They work at Apple. So if I can get this person to be my mentor, she can get me a job at Apple. Like, is that a realistic expectation?
1: I don't think so. You know, especially like I would go into a mentoring relationship as they are passing their wisdom along to me. Other than that, there are no tangibles, not a job for me, not doors opening for me. The tangible is their wisdom the end. And I think that's just a healthy expectation. So anything else that does come from it can be a bonus. Like what a win. Yay. But I think that is just setting people up for disappointment. And then I think too, as we find in all relationships, it's what happens over time that usually ends up being the most special. And Mm -hmm. so you're going to have some conversations that are not magic, that are just Oh, okay. very practical. Or that was even a pretty much a just catch up time. I'll do better to come with more boiled down questions next time. Like I wouldn't write someone off if every single time they sit down to mentor you, it isn't fireworks, Uh, because a lot of times it can be that half a sentence four months in that shifts everything for you. And so keep at it. Now, if you're in a mentoring relationship long term and there's truly no return and it's just not a match, well, then you can politely just say, man, my schedule's shifting. I don't know if I'm going to be able to meet as frequently and I want to honor your time. Thank you for all that you've invested in me. Maybe we could get together next quarter or like just shift to a further gap in the amount of time. You don't have to say this isn't working. No, thank you. (laughs) You can just kind of transition out. But. I will encourage you to give it some time because it's often the mundane moments that like half a sentence can change everything.
0: I'm so glad you said that. I, I'm thinking of so many people where just, and it was something that they didn't even know they were saying or might not remember saying or, uh, you know, or something like kind of a fringe thing. You know, I, I remember I was I was going to meet with a coach a couple of years ago and um, I got so much out of out of the, the time with her, but it was funny because the most valuable thing to me wasn't actually like, like what I went to her for, like that, what I got out of it in that way, wasn't the most valuable thing. She helped me find so much clarity in this totally other part of my work. And I didn't expect that. And then the other thing was in prepping for going to meet with her, I found, I finally was able to like put into words something that I'd been trying to put into words for like years. And it was in that prep for my time with her that I was finally able to say it and like fully wrap my, my mind around it. And so that was some of the best time and money I've ever spent. And some of it had nothing to do with her. A lot of it did have to do with her, but some of it totally didn't.
1: And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Some of those aha moments came in your preparation before you were with her, just like the people who go to coffee unprepared. They might've gotten a really magical moment had they just
0: done their homework before coming. Yep, yep, I love that. Kels, I, I wanna honor your time. Um, and so I wanna just ask you, like for any women who are sitting here going, I'm sitting in my career, I, I want to move forward or move in a different direction or like I, I just need to do some moving here. And they're thinking about asking someone to mentor them, but they're intimidated by the whole thing. Do you have just like any last Encouragement for them.
1: Yeah, I think just start before you're ready. You it's gonna feel uncomfortable. Putting yourself out there is vulnerable. Sometimes you'll get a no, but just ask and and look, you know, I remember I use Harriet as an example a lot for this because she was probably the like least natural ask. I was like at a cookout and was like, Will you mentor me? And she was kind of like, Why? (laughs) And and it felt uncomfortable, but me and Harriet got coffee two weeks ago. Like here we are like eight years later. And she was also probably one of the most, like I had the most intangible questions for her. I just loved the environment she cultivated at her home and that her family and her kids were connected and she still had a thriving marriage and friendships 30 years in. And so I wanted to know like, Hey, I don't need a carbon copy of your life. That's, That's not what I'm asking, but I just want proximity to you to pick up on what you so effortlessly do. And I'd love to meet, I'd love to take you to coffee once a month. Would you Mm -hmm. have time for that? And again, she was kind of like, I could feel her hesitance, which was not at all about me. It was about her own insecurities, which again, don't make it about you. Just ask. It's up to them to say yes or no. She was hesitant and I could sense that and I could have easily started spiraling and being be like, Oh, maybe she doesn't want to. Does she think I'm weird for asking? I don't know. No, she was just like insecure of if she had anything to offer and she did have something to offer. It just took me affirming that over time. And so, um, just ask it's uncomfortable, but it's going to be worth the risk. The reward is worth the risk of putting yourself out there.
0: I love that. Kelsey, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that we're friends and I'm so happy to have you on Girls' Night. And guys, we're going to link to everything having to do with Kelsey, her new book, everything uh, will be on our show notes. But um, I'm just so glad that we got to talk today.
1: Oh, it's so fun to be here. Like I said, I love a good Girls' Night. So this is the perfect name for a show. It's so fun to be with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I would love it if you do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is it would mean so much to me if you would take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the show. The way that iTunes knows to suggest this podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our Girls' Nights. So, would you do me a huge favor and take one quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help us out so much. And thank you to all of you guys who have left all those beautiful five-star reviews already. It means the world to me. Okay, friends, that's all we have for today. But we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night. I'll see you then.